Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat. I will be your host. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 48 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about New Year's intentions with PSI facilitator Rob Rowe. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division and the men's leadership class. He has been involved with PSI seminars for over 22 years. He is an avid reader, loves to golf, and is involved in a number of charities. So Rob, are you ready to go? All right. So tonight we are going to talk about intention. Um, and for those of you that done the basic, obviously, I might bring up for you intention plus mechanism equals a result. And you might hear things like when my intention is clear, mechanisms will appear or things will begin to happen. And so we want to explore that and how it deals with our goal setting systems, especially when it gets to our intentions in the beginning of a year. Some of you that meditate, I do, I meditate quite often. And one of the things that you do in a meditation is you set out your intentions of a day or your intentions of life, um, your you will follow your intentions, especially if those intentions are locked into things that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, and so you have some value for you or some reality for you or some synthesis for you. And so I wanted to take a moment and jump into it. And I want to use a particular model that we use in the basic. And if you've around the SCI seminars office for a while, I remember when I was just starting off 25 years ago, and this model, it's like everybody knew it. Everybody had it down because they'd seen it 25 times in a thing called a coffee or they have used it themselves and trying to talk about the basic. But I've noticed over the years that this model, it's not as known as it once was. And so I want to take a moment and use it because it's going to be a structure by which we're going to use the rest of the evening and also working from the idea of intention. Let's go ahead and start off with the Trinity of Consciousness. You also might have heard it as three levels of consciousness. And it's a very powerful model because when you start looking into things like Jungian psychology, some Freudian psychology, uh, you start looking into psychological patterns on how the mind is laid out and set up. This model, whether called the Trinity or three levels or different types, is used quite often out there as a model by which we can work with ourselves as human beings. And so I have found it in virtually everything that I've read in different particular areas called various different things, but it's extremely powerful and extremely useful model when it comes to working with the side principles for myself. And so hence, we're going to be using it tonight. First off, we have, the, we have what we refer to as our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is where we take in all of our information and where we process our information. And so the conscious mind, think of it like a periscope. When you have a submarine, um, a periscope basically will lift up out of the submarine and it's able to see above water, but that's virtually all it can do. It can't interact with anything outside of itself. It's an enclosed system and it's giving information to a larger system called the submarine underneath. Your reason and logic and your five senses are the periscope that's taking in reality as you see it or reality as you believe it to be. And so you're looking around your world and you're interpreting things based on what your belief systems, your value systems, and your principle systems uh, say the world is supposed to be or how it's not supposed to be or how it's supposed to operate. Um, so, for instance, it's like your retina can only process so much information. That's just basically the truth. 
And with the millions, let's call we'll use pixels because everybody understands what a pixel is. With the millions of pixels that are coming in through at any given time in your reality, your conscious mind can only bring in so much of it. So it has to make a choice on what information that it's bringing in and what information it's not bringing in. And all the information it brings in is information that coincides with your value, principle, and belief systems. And so you see virtually what you think you should see. And so two people can look at the very exact same object or be a part of the exact same experience, event, we'll call it an event. They can be a part of the exact same event, and yet two will have completely different renditions of what took on in that particular event. For instance, my wife and I like to play this game. Um, she will put stuff in the refrigerator. And she tells me that she's purchased things for me and it'll be in the refrigerator and, and all I got to do is go to the refrigerator. Well, sure enough, I go to the refrigerator, I open it up and I look, we have a double thing. I open it up and I look inside and I'll look, I mean, I'm looking around and then I'll call to her, either on the, I might text her if she's not here, I'll talk to her when she is here. And I go, sweetheart, if I were the, let's say, apple juice, where might I be? She said, you purchased some for me. It's in the refrigerator. I can't seem to find it. And she'll say, well, no, it's in the refrigerator. And I will say, no, I'm looking in the refrigerator. I can't seem to see it. You guys may have had the experience in your life. And then she'll walk over to the refrigerator. She'll reach her hand in it. She'll pull out whatever it is, apple juice, uh, orange juice, milk. It doesn't matter. And what happens is you probably have had this experience when she pulls it out. It's like in a little square carton versus a plastic or glass container that you were looking for. Your mind was preset to see something that was that you believed to be apple juice or you believed to be orange juice or you believed to be um, milk. And what took place is that that thing was not it. And your mind couldn't process it. Um, the other day she asked me to turn on the water and she's got her hand on a, what I, what I have decided is a light switch and my mind cannot, I cannot figure out why in the world does she want me to turn on this, turn on the water so she can turn off the light. And all I can think about this one little water container has a little light that comes off of it and very possibly it's sometimes green, sometimes red. And when it's red, it's not good. And so I think she's going to check for that light. But she can see that when there's dark or light. And so I am just staring at her and she is looking at me going, turn on the water, turn on the water. And I'm just going crazy. I can't figure out what she wants. Well, her hand is not on the light switch. Her hand is actually on the garbage disposal switch. And the water she wanted me to turn on, for those of you who have garbage disposals, may not have it in Malaysia, I'm not positive, is so that the garbage can go down the chute easier and the water mixes it up so nothing breaks up in the system. I was expecting one thing, my reality was presenting in a certain way, all the evidence was there, but I saw it a very particular way. That's what happens on the reason why we're a periscope. We see life the way we believe it should be. We see life and we allow into our system only things that make sense in our system. And we edit the rest of it out. That's how we operate as human beings. It's a very powerful process. And so it starts getting really interesting on what it is that you are editing out and what it is that you are allowing in. If you were in the basic and you did quadrants, you will allow certain, certain information in based on whatever quadrant that you're a part of. And so start noticing that's how you're seeing your world. You're taking in all information through your reason and logic patterns and also through your five senses, taste, touch, feel, smell, and these kind of areas. And that's all coming in that way. Hence, my wife and I, we love wine. Uh, we're wine drinkers. And so obviously the taste and touch of the taste and smell of the wine, these are big senses that we bring information in and tells us whether it's a good wine or not. Some of you guys are tea drinkers because you can't drink alcohol anymore. Same scenario. Teas have a certain smell, a certain sense to them. And so what happens is that's how your body brings in your information. Now, there's a thing called, and for the conscious mind, basically, you know that you know things. Okay, You know that you're good at, let's say, croquet. You know that you're good at uh, computer work. You know that you're good when it comes to cooking. You know that you're good when it comes to, to whatever it is. You know that you know that you're good at. And you also know that you don't know. You know what you suck at excuse the phrase, you know what you're not good at. Okay, how's that sound? Um, you know that you're not very good here. You know that you're not very good when it comes to cooking. 
thank God they made, you know, for me, they made tamales in a can when I was all the way through grad school. But anyways, um, and so you know what you, and you know that you don't know how to do particular things. That's all happening up in the conscious mind and it all rattles and shakes up there. Then subconscious mind. Now that's a big area that's happening underneath. Your subconscious major, major um, uh, job is to present the world in a way that you believe it to be. It does its best to take everything in, make sense of it, for you to be able to understand it in the way that it's supposed to be. And so that's all the power of the subconscious mind. Subconscious mind has things called your emotions. All the emotions that you utilize, whether you use them or not, are all present down in this particular area. And that's in the subconscious area. And you can call on whatever emotion that you want to call on when you want to call on it. All your memories are stored down in your subconscious mind, okay? Uh, every memory that you've ever had. Now, you go, I can't remember them all. Well, that's recall. You only recall what you choose to recall, but yet all memories are set, and you can recall the ones you choose to recall when you choose to recall them. That's why you can put up, be put under hypnosis, and you can recall things from an unconscious level that you can't from a conscious level um, because you're more open to it at that level. But even at that level, if your subconscious believes it's dangerous, it will not allow you to recall it. All your intuitional senses are down here. This is when you know to turn right, but you actually turn left. and um, Or you, you think you should turn right, but you, everything is telling you to turn left. Or you think you should say something, but everything's inside you saying just be silent, be with, don't say anything. Intuition is a very powerful source. Uh, it's like a muscle that when you use it more and more, uh, it gets more and more powerful and more and more useful within your system. Uh, autonomical nervous system, that's also down here. Everything that makes your body work, breathing, your hair grows, all this stuff is taking place. And it's taking place without you having any cognitive information about it whatsoever. It's taking place on its own. You do not know how to make your heart beat. You do not know how to process air. You don't know how. To, you do not know how to make your hair grow. And some of you, if you did, you'd make it grow more. You don't know how to make your body work. All that's happening at this particular level, and its job is to be bring, bring everything into a coherence, into equilibrium, and that's what it does. And so, when it's thrown off and things are not equilibrium, that means something's off. We're telling it to do something that it's not supposed to be doing. All your creativity is down here. That's why you can't get creativity from your logical mind. People are always up in their head trying to figure it out. Creativity is happening down here. We're generally in our subconscious in areas when we're not thinking, like you're doing some tedious task, mowing a lawn, doing housework, taking a shower, and all of a sudden these creative ideas start coming up inside you. That's why they're coming up inside you because you're, you're in your subconscious mind. All the programs that you deal with, now those of you who have been to such seminars, you've various programs or automatic systems that we put together to, um, to get through life easier. At one point they were put together and we put them together because we thought it would make it a little bit easier to do things. Uh, how to drive a car is considered as a program. There was a time where you had to teach yourself how to drive a car, uh, but now you don't have to think about it all, you just drive. And so you have many programs that are off inside you that work inside you that make your life work easier and also that get in the way of your life working the way you want it. Because a lot of your program was programmed between the ages of four, zero to five, zero to four. And at that age, let's go zero to eight. And you got like 80% of the programs you use for the rest of your life. That was all decided upon and put together by a seven-year-old. Now, a seven-year-old is a pretty powerful mind, but they don't have the mind of a 50-year-old, 40-year-old, 30-year-old that you are now. All the information you have is much greater than that was then. And so programs need to be updated. Um, they, they need to be educated. Things need to happen to them. And hence, that's why size seminars, that's what we do. Uh, we bust through programs. We break up the ones that are not working for you. Uh, we assist you in educating them and making them work for you at a much stronger or much more powerful basis. Subconscious mind, you don't know that you don't know. You didn't know that you didn't know it. I didn't know I knew that. You know, yeah, you know how to do that. I didn't even know I knew how to do that. And so you don't know that you don't know, and you don't know what you know. And so this is a big, it's, you know, we can get we get more, more of that into the basic, uh, but that's happening in subconscious area, not hugely pertinent to what we're talking about tonight. And so I shall move on. 
Then we have the superconscious mind. Superconscious mind, that's where inspiration comes from. Also, universal po power, a higher source, universal consciousness. And this is where vision comes from. And every one of us has a vision. So these are what we refer to as the three levels of consciousness and or the trinity of consciousness. Now, I want to use this model to start working with our intentions. And when our intentions and our values and our principles and our uh, beliefs and our goals, when these become in alignment, that's when the magic begins to happen in our world, unlike it's ever happened before. Now, you may have heard when your intention is clear, mechanisms will appear. What does it mean for someone to say when your intention is clear? When your intention is clear, what that means is that your value system, now what's a value? Um, simplistically put, um, it's when you place value on a particular principle. Let's say that some of you believe family is important. That means you place values. Um, as I said, we work a lot with there is no inherent significance. All significance is assigned by people. And so there's no inherent significance in family. Um, there's no inherent significance in community. Uh, there's no inherent significance in humor. All those things we assign significance to. And when we assign significance to them, strong enough significance to them, then they start creating our values. And that's an energy that we put on a particular principle. And now it becomes a value for us. For instance, I, um, if you've been around me, I like humor, um, and I believe that if we're not laughing or we're not enjoying our life or, or if we can't have fun with what we're doing, uh, we're missing out in a very big way. And so you can call it an actual value of mine. And so that value, it turns out into principles. And I have principles that I live my life on that are based off of just doing funny things. I like to do fun things and I like to do what I think to be comical things. Uh, my wife sometimes will refer to them as childish things. It depends on what kind, of, what kind of mood that she's in. And then I have a belief that people should laugh. We should have a good time. We should enjoy some things. And so I operate from that place. So the value, because humor is just humor. It has no inherent significance. It's just humor. All significance is a sign. Just like love, love has no inherent significance. It's the significance you decided. Some of you have family and you assign significance to family. And from family, you create principles about having family, staying connected to your long-term family. And then you have um, beliefs around those principles. I didn't call my dad on his birthday. Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person. My sister's, my sister's wedding's coming up. I have to make sure I get there and I have to make sure. And so you actually things that have to be done because it's in alignment with principles that are also in alignment with your values. And so clarity is getting all of these things in alignment. And when that means getting into alignment, when you're in alignment with your values, what that means is you're honoring your emotions. You're assessing your emotions and you're honoring them because they're in alignment with the family system and family systems are important. They're in alignment with love and we should all love each other. They're in alignment with um, uh, humor and we should all have humor and we should all be happy. Um, your intuition, you're allowing yourself to connect more with the intuition. You know you're you're in alignment with your values because you'll start trusting yourself more. And as you trust yourself more, you'll start trusting your intuition. Most of us don't go off of our intuition very often because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to actually follow through. Or we're fearful on how that intuition may show up. It may not bring us back down the predisposed um pathway that we're used to to make, make us take another pathway that we're not used to and we're not necessarily comfortable with taking that pathway but when you honor your intuition then you actually honor that and your life starts going off in different places you stop being in so much control of everything and now you allow yourself to let go of that control and operate off of just intuition and intuition will never lead you wrong 
Well, how do I know if I'm listening to intuition or if I'm listening to something else? Well, if fear is associated with it, it's something else. If love is associated with it, you're, you're working off of intuition. Honoring your body, your anatomical nervous system. You're honoring who you are as a human being, your, your health, how you, how you take care of yourself. And so you're in alignment with your values when you're honoring that. You're honoring your creativity. I can't believe how many people I've listened to in the last eight months, 10 months, because I've listened to a lot of podcasts where they'll say things and they'll actually, what comes out of their mouth is I'm messing this all up. I wish I could do this better. I wish, I, I wish I, you know, and it's like, but they're doing great. But they're, they're operating from a total place of creativity. And when you operate for creativity, you're operating from a place where there's no, there's no affirmation from anywhere. It's not coming from a book. It's not coming from something that you can look at. Creative people, especially when it comes to like in the kitchen, my wife is amazingly creative in the kitchen. In other words, what that means is she just stops reading like the recipes. And she just goes, okay, I'll put some of that in. Oh, yep, yeah, that's in there. I'm going to do it this way. And she just starts totally going off of creation. And she has a great time in creating the food. And frankly, they're always amazing. It doesn't matter what it is. And she has fun in creating it. So she's honoring her creativity. That means she's in alignment. You're honoring your memories, you have memories that you're remembering on purpose. And so you need to honor those in some way. Some of those memories need to be honored by letting them go. You're holding on to them and they're dictating and how you're living your life. Others of those memories, they need to be grieved. You need to let go of some things and some energy on people and on scenarios. Others of those memories, you need to actually tap yourself on the back. You did a great job, so now you can let it go so the memory isn't so predominant. When a memory takes over your life, it's too predominant. You're not honoring it. You're now living off of it. And when you live off of it, you're living out of the past. And living out of the past is never a good place to live one because you're not in the past. You're in a thing called the present. You're not in the future yet, but you can generate your future if you allow yourself to be present. What I've noticed with this work and being around a lot of people, we're stuck in our memories, and those memories are locked into fears on how things used to be. Um, and so they become blockages in our system, and we're no longer honoring them. They're actually owning us, and we're not acting and operating the way we want to. But when we're in alignment, now you're honoring them, you're taking the energy off of them, and you're using, you're actually borrowing from the value that they've given you, given you to your present existence and making something happen with that. And you're honoring your programs. These programs have served you for a long time. They have brought you to where you are today. Now the time is to basically transform these programs into stronger, more powerful programs. Or excuse them, set them off to the side and go, yes, you're right. Don't talk to strangers. That was a valuable program when I was five, eight, seven years old. But now it's not working for me. And you'd be weird to find out there's many people that still operate from those kind of programs that they put together. Don't talk to strangers. Uh, the world's a scary place. I can't believe how many people I work with. And they have to work through the world is scary. The universe is out to get me. I got to watch out what happens to me. I got to be always on a fight and flight kind of system. I have to be, you know, phasers raised because I never, those were programs that worked at one time, but they were put together by seven, six, five, eight year old. And so now you got to elevate those programs and educate those programs and you got to rewrite them. So they serve you now. And so that's called honoring something. It's not destroying it. It's breaking through it to using it to move forward. And so when you start honoring this aspect of you, that's when your intention begins to get really clear. And when that intention starts getting really clear, especially when it's got some emotional energy attached to it, like gratitude or love or care, and it's fortified by memories of honor and, 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 and amazing, and it's, you start putting all that together, that's when your intention begins to get clear, and then the universal power begins to rise up inside of you, and it's like this is where the magic begins to happen. 
And suddenly you're going, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. The check came in the mail. Oh my gosh, this is a great idea. Why have we not thought of this before? Oh my gosh, you're here to help me? I can't believe you're here to help me. I didn't expect anybody to be here. And so the magical, the extraordinary begins to take place. You were not meant to be ordinary. Your life was meant to be extraordinary, and you can only create ordinary when you stay into your own zone. But when your intention is clear and your internal alignment's taking place and you're in honor of who you are, locking it into powerful emotions, suddenly expect the unexpected. Expect the extraordinary. And when you begin to expect the extraordinary, now your retina, your little periscope will actually be open to new things coming in that it's not always open to. It'll see solutions that it's not always used to seeing. It's used to seeing the problems that you like. We have been trained by a system that basically we like the train wreck. We like news is the train wreck. News is the terrible stuff that takes place. News is terrible, terrible, terrible. I use the word terrible, but it's the disruption. And that's not new. It's not new. People stepping outside of themselves and doing the extraordinary. That's new. That's powerful. Doing things that not, not everybody does. That's powerful. And so when you're trained to see the, when you train yourself to see the train wreck, when you train yourself to see the negative, when you train yourself to see these kind of things, that's all your periscope's going to see. And it can't see the extraordinary. It doesn't have a place for the incredible. It doesn't have a place for the remarkable to take place. And so what takes place is when you get your intention clear, we say inside seminars, the mechanism appears. Magically, it begins to take place. Incredibly, incredible things begin to happen. Remarkable happenings, and you reflect back on them, and you got to honor them, but you don't want to hold on to them. That was freaking amazing. Now, what's next? Not, hey, this happened 20 years ago. No, that was amazing. Now, what's next? What's going to be magical tomorrow? What's going to be magical the next day? What's going to be extraordinary? What's going to be remarkable? What's taking place? And that's when you know that your intention is clear and you're creating some things happening with that. You also know when your intention is clear when you're creating the same old, same old. And what your intention is clear on is creating the same old, same old. So unfortunately, to see where your intention is, you got to look at where you are right now and what you have. If it's the boring, same old, same old, your intention is very clear about creating the boring, same old, same old. If you want something different, this is a model that gives you a way to actually get into it. Find out what are some of your values. What are some of the principles that you've made off those values? And what are some of the beliefs that are associated with those values? Once you have those clear, now you can set up some goals for your year. Now you can set up some goals for your quarter. And now those goals are interlaced with energy, and that energy matters to you. You get those goals not because you have to. Now you're getting those goals because you want to. When you have to, you're disciplined, and you're, you're, oh, you make it focused, and you have to... But when you want to, now what takes place is the magic begins to happen. When you want to, you have desire, you have passion, you have energy, you have excitement, and you are open to whatever can take place. And so when your goals are in alignment with your values, principles, and beliefs, then is when these amazing, magical things begin to happen in your world. Uh, start checking out what are some of your values. You have three to five. And more than likely, again, if you've been to, this, to the basic seminar, uh, the quadrant that you found yourself in, it dictates about two or three of those values that you hold on into. You're a supporter. Family's important. And you believe that everybody else thinks that family's important. Uh, for some of you guys, animals are important because everybody should think animals are important. That's a particular area there. The, uh, con, you know, the analyst quadrant, you guys are about loyalty, follow through, um, doing what you say you're going to do. These are important values that everyone should have. But unfortunately, not everybody has them because not everybody's, not everybody's part of your quadrant. 
uh, you, you, you promote reply people, you got passion, you got the new, the excitement. These are the reasons that we're alive is to do something different, something new and something powerful, something creative, something remarkable, something that no one has ever done before. And then you in the controller quadrant, your values are consistency, um, staying on the even, even trail and basically accumulation, accumulation of wealth, accumulation of things around you. And so start looking at those and start asking you, are those really what I want to stand for? Again, you're the one that assigns significance to things. So you can look at what it is you've assigned significance to, and you can ask yourself, is that rock in my world? Does it make me excited? And if it doesn't, set it aside and find something that does. What's the thing that rocks your world? What's the thing that really makes you click? And once you start getting three or four or five of those values together and you associate principles with them and you associate beliefs alongside that, then you can step into an intention clarity that's going to make your year become dynamic, explosive, powerful. And it doesn't matter what's happening out there because you're making it happen in here. So when you get around once I seminars, what happens is one of the one of the values that tends to be altered is that the world's happening to you. In the world that I came from, in the world that many people came from before Sci Seminars, a value was uh, the world happens to me. I'm a victim to my environment. I'm a victim to the economy. I'm a victim to what's taking place with the, with the political system. And I am just, you know, reacting to what's taking place and doing my best to get by. Unfortunately, when you wrap into Sci Seminars, one of the biggest ones that you step into is that, no, you're actually responsible. In other words, it doesn't matter what's happening out there. You make what's happening in here. If you're joyful in here, you'll bring joy out there. If you're excited in here, you'll bring excitement out there. If you're happy in here, you bring happiness out there. So the outside world doesn't dictate how you operate. You internally choose to operate a certain way. And so what happens is the value shift from victim to responsible. And responsible is a place of, I generate my world. The world is not happening to me. I am happening through the world on a moment moment basis. And so that's a big value shift that many people go through in Sci Seminars technique. But the thing is striking what are your values? I mean, we don't think about them all that much. And now the beginning of the year is a good time to think about them and then get very clear on them and then have those goals come from that value system. And if you can't figure out if that goal does not come in alignment with the value system, it's not a goal for you. If you can't make it work, it's not your goal. If you can't turn it into a want to, if you can't move from a have to into a want to, you guarantee you're not going to get it. So if you can't move it into want to, not your goal. I think we have some questions. So Kat, why don't you bring we some questions? We do have up? some questions. I have to say, after listening to your talk, I'm very excited for our magical, incredible, extraordinary year that we're all going to have. So before we go into questions, though, I do want to take a moment for all the people listening in who have not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in your personal growth and living your best life, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results that you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. If there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself and your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com. Get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities around the world as well as online, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. So first off from JP, how can I maintain gratitude in these trying times? 
Gratitude is definitely one of the most powerful of energies that we can generate. Um, what I found in my life is because of the periscope or because of how we see things, we forget to be grateful for the stuff that's all around us. Um, like one of the things my wife and I just recently, uh, part of the gratitude idea is that we are actually taking a moment before we eat, either praying for the meal or praying for the hands that prepared the meal. The fact that we have food and we take that for granted. Um, the fact that we have a beautiful home and sometimes we take that for granted. And so what I start looking at for myself personally is start looking at what are you taking for granted and there's a reason you're taking it for granted. You have a purpose behind there. And why are you taking it for granted? And then once you take that particular energy off of it, then you can open up and begin to see, wow, this is a great chair. I like this chair. Wow. What a great home. What a great opportunity. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening out there that's horrible, but there's a lot of stuff that's happening out there that's absolutely amazing. I had, um, we had a bunny show up at our house. Uh, it just showed up out of nowhere. And um, we decided we better try to find its home because it's definitely not a wild bunny. And so I started going door to door, knocking on doors, just talking to people. You want to get some gratitude in your life? Just go door to door. See, realize how many neighbors you don't know and how many people are so happy just to have you say hi to them. They are so needy of just human interaction. I couldn't believe it. I had this guy who just kept talking to me. I go, yeah, I'm trying to find him who owns this bunny. Well, yeah, well, da 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 And they were so grateful. He and his wife were so grateful that I took the time to come by and ask. And so challenge yourself to do something like that. Start looking for the good that's out there. I mean, because there's a lot of good that's out there. There's a lot of great things that's happening in our world. Uh, to be overshadowed by some of the chaos is and also this is what i do too to me without chaos uh, there is no order without order there's no chaos and so without chaos there's no transformation and so transformation is necessary and so chaos has to be present and so all this has a purpose to it and so don't get all lost in that start looking at what's immediately in your present scenario what's in your present environment and start being thankful for it i'm thankful for my clothes i'm wearing I'm thankful that my hair is not gray. I'm not sure why. It's gray. I'd look good anyway. My eyebrows are getting gray. Uh, I'm thankful that I have a beautiful wife. I'm thankful that she loves to cook. I'm thankful that we you start looking at things. And then one of the that I attempted to do, I didn't do a very good job at last year, is make a gratitude jar and just start writing down little things that you're gracious about and popping it in the jar and then periodically look through it. I stopped putting in the jar. I started typing it up on a computer and then I would look back through them and go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And be reminded of things that I'm, I'm thankful for or have a lot of gratitude for. It's out there, it's all over. The thing is, why are you putting your energy on these other things? Because they have more value to you right now. It's, it, it serves a purpose. Part of the purpose that's working, whatever program that you're working with, it's serving that purpose. And so it's identifying a limiting belief system of which you can bust up. And so that's one of the reasons it's there. But it, they're out there. Keep looking. All right, next question. Next up from ML. What is the difference between resolutions and intentions? A resolution, think of it this way. Just break the word down. It's when we're resolving something. Um, we're resolving a scenario in our life. And so um, I'm trying to make some sort of resolution to it. I'm trying to make up for it. And so I've not treated myself properly. And so what's going to happen is this next year, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to resolve to eat better. I'm going to resolve to take care of my house or work on my relationship. And so it's always based on something that's that. I don't like that happening, and so I'm going to make it better by resolving to do something else. Unfortunately, you're trying to break into a huge pattern system that's challenging to do so, uh, but not impossible, but it's definitely challenging to do so. An intention um, is when you put energy on a particular end result via a, like I talked about tonight, 
via an internal alignment. My intention is coming from my value system. And so my values are clarifying intentions. So it's not driving from something that's past happening. It's coming from my insides. And so my intention comes from the values, my, my values that I hold on to, my principles of which, you know, they're basically verbiage of those values and the belief systems around those values. And so really intentions are coming from nothingness. They're coming from within us and they're coming from something inside of us where a resolution, you're resolving to fix the car. You're resolving to fix something on the outside. And it's not about fixing something. It's about transforming into something. And so um, that's my version of resolution. Uh, one of the reasons I don't think they work that often, they're kind of like nice little things to tell yourself, um, but they're not really solidified with a lot of emotional energy and intentions bring up a lot of emotional energy and through that emotional internal alignment is when we'll make something happen in our world of great value. Um, resolutions, you'll, you'll, you're running away from a problem versus busting through a problem. You smoke for a reason. Um, you don't take care of your body for a reason. There's a purpose behind it and there needs to be some breakthrough of that but you're not willing to look at it and break through it. Instead, you're going to resolve to do a different action. And um, that, res that resolution, although maybe, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, it makes you excited for a little bit, but the minute, the minute things begin to take place, you'll break it down because resolve, resilience, and character are all developed from when our intention is clear and we hold true to that intention. Uh, that's when we create resolution of resolve within ourselves and we create character within ourselves um, and we create resilience within ourselves where a resolution external resolution is just on the outside so it doesn't work very well next question from sp how do you stay focused with so many distractions around you every day you got to find out what's important to you what means something to you See, if you're getting distracted, that means that uh, there's nothing or your, 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 your foundation, your basic belief in something um, is not strong or uh, it's being hugely challenged. Um, obviously, distractions are distracting you away from something. Uh, when it comes to like we want to create, let's say one of our values is family. And so uh, creating, spending quality time with our family. And if we ended up watching, you know, five, six, eight hours of football versus actually spending time with our family or not figuring out how to incorporate that five, six, eight hours of football into a family time together. And so we use it as a distraction because there's a part of us that fears or needs to work with that particular. I see distractions as arrows pointing me towards something in my life. Um, and so when I start getting hugely distracted by any particular thing, what I know is that, oh, there's something taking place. I am, I am moving out of this. And so I just stop, breathe, and look and notice what am I really avoiding? And so I lost I lost my, my love or my fundamental passion on something um, or uh, there's distraction is, is, is breaking that up a bit. And so I know it's a hard thing I'm working on because my immediate thought was there's not a lot of distractions going on because we're all stay at, stay at home kind of people, but actually staying at home kind of people, we have more distractions now than we ever had been before. And there's much more to deal with distraction orientation here. And so it's, I'm looking at myself personally going, um, some of them, I just enjoy them. So I don't even see them as a distraction, but I, I know it is. But what I guess I do with them ultimately is I look at them and say, why is this more important than what I say I want? In other words, what's become more important than who I say that I am and why? And so it's like an internal conversation that I begin to have with myself. I recently signed up for a class and it's a class where six to eight hours a week, I'm supposed to be reading, listening, doing some stuff. And so uh, there's been a lot of opportunity for distraction. And in that particular reason, one of the reasons I've taken the class because one of my values, I believe personal growth is important. 
And so what I asked myself is when the distraction takes place, what's become more important than my personal growth? What's happened for me? Why is this becoming taking a back seat? Because like all classes, if you let it pile up before you know it, you get really behind the eight ball. And it's hard to, it's hard to make up time because classrooms, you know, they unfold. And so, and so you get to a place where you get a little bit overwhelmed. And so I've been working my best not to get overwhelmed in this scenario, but I have had some challenges when it comes to certain distractions and really gets me back to why am I, why is personal growth important to me? What's the purpose of that? Why is reading important to me? Why is it important that I'm, in, you know, that I, that, I, that I work through things in my mind? Um, and so in going back to the home base, I can see, well, it's important because, and then now the distraction is minimized and I can set it down and I can use it here and there. I can play with it, but it doesn't have to distract me anymore. I think distractions are a part of growing up. That's part of the, part of the process. Um, they're necessary. Like I say, the best thing I can tell you right now, practically speaking, what's become more important than what you say you want. You got to figure out what it is that you say you want and what's become more important right now. Doesn't mean that it always we always will be, but it means it is right now. And so now you need to re-energize family, uh, uh, your belief systems when it comes around personal growth, uh, um, uh, love, loyalty, whatever it is you're working through. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might add to that. There's a couple Please of do. practical surface things around distraction, like time blocking in your calendar, right? If you know you want to work out X amount of times, you got to put it Lists. in your calendar. This is the space, right? Lists then, too, like you're talking about. I mean, practically. Go ahead. Then kind of there's a level underneath that where even if it's blocked in your calendar and you still find a distraction, then there's some resistance happening, right? So then you have some work to do around your resistance and why that's getting in the way. Right. And so then then there's some deeper levels to work on, which is part of the work we do at the at the classes, the PSI classes. So next up, the next question from JD. He asks how to make vague intentions into focused ones. I feel like mechanisms are hard to come by because my intent vision is too vague. A lot like this question, uh, a vague intention. What would be a vague intention? I think the question is really around what are some ways to get clear and specific? Because we also had- Okay, one of the ways, when you said that, let's see, like I was talking about, it, getting clear on what your values are will shed a great deal of light on what it is you're doing. And you may find out that a lot of what you're doing is not in alignment with your values. And hence, that's one of the reasons you're not doing a very good job at it. And so um, that's when you can need to whittle a lot of that stuff off. And so you, when you talk about vague intentions, you want to plug that intention back into what's the value in it for me? Why, do, why am I doing this? And see, any selfless act is always a selfish act, but it has to be selfish before it can actually be selfless. Why are you doing it? There's a, there's a selfish reason that's going to be a selfless happening as long as you're clear on why you're doing it. And so plug it into why, what, what serves me by operating from this place. Um, and so puts energy back into that particular intention. And so it can bring some resolution and can draw some mechanisms or far more mechanism than you realize it. Obviously, you know, life and death, bang, when you're afraid you're going to die, you do some amazing things. All right. Um, uh, fear of financial ruin. When you're in that place, you will do some amazing things because a lot of energy is up and a lot of stuff is happening. Well, you plugged it into something that's meaningful for you, being alive and be, being able to eat. Well, there's other things that are meaningful for you. Family, um, solidity, loyalty. There's things you got to find out what they are. And then you take that intention and you plug it in and go, all right. Now, why would it be invaluable for me to do this? Now I can see it and now I can get some excitement behind it. And when you generate that excitement and now you're drawing energies to it and those energies basically will make what you want to have happen, happen. 
And so I would say get clear on your values and it will, now you can plug them into your intentions and it will amp things up. And distill the energy. I think there is a, when, at least when I've gone through a process of attempting to gain clarity, it is a process of distillation. So I follow the energy of something that I'm interested in, that I'm excited about, that makes me smile, that gets me amped up in the morning. And then I, the deeper you dive into it, the more you get to the heart. Next Good up point. from GR. That's why we're here together. <laughs> Next up from GR wants to know why do we sabotage our goals? When you sabotage a goal, you're the saboteur, so to speak, there's a reason behind it. Um, once again, you're doing something to prove something about yourself. See, sometimes when I'm, especially when I was working with PLD people, uh, when I was in the pace setter leadership dynamics, so for those of you who don't know what, what that means, it's part of a coaching program that we do, and it's around goals. And uh, people get the chance to learn that even a goal that they say that they really wanted, uh, they can sabotage it for quite some time. And so the reason they're sabotaging it is because they're attempting to prove something about themselves. And so a belief needs to be shifted or altered. Um, for many people, when it comes to finances, there's a belief that I don't deserve I don't, um, I don't, deserving is a big one. I don't deserve to have the financial freedom that I say that I want. And so when I set up a goal to generate $10,000 in a two month period, uh, over than what, everything over than what I actually generate right now, now I have to bust up a belief of deserving that much money. It's not about deserving or not deserving it. It's out there and what's the use of it? It's a tool, it's an energy that can be utilized in different places. And so rather than becoming selfish, what is it about me? Now it comes to what, how can I use this tool to do whatever it is that I want? And once you do that, you break up that belief around it. And now you'll be less likely to sabotage yourself. You only sabotage yourself to prove something about yourself. Um, we do it a lot when we say we're going to be, I'll, I'll be there on Friday. I'll be there on Friday. And then we don't show up on Friday. It shows that we're untrustworthy. It shows that we don't follow through with what we say. We, we don't do what we say we're going to do. You can't always trust me because I want you to sort of trust me, but I don't want you to really trust me. I want you to sort of believe in me. I don't want you to really believe in me because once you really start believing me, now there's a lot of responsibility. And I don't want a lot of that responsibility. It's much easier for me to operate at a sub level. And so a lot of us operate this sub-level, so we have, to, we have to sabotage things to prove the image, because you have this image, this you, that you've got to constantly prove out there. Part of it is you doing something, and part of it is that you don't do something. Part of it is that you achieve things, and part of it is that you have to sabotage yourself. That's just the way he is. He doesn't ever show up for things like this. She's always late, or she wouldn't come. Um, and so... These kind of things happen. So the saboteur part of us and the beauty about the saboteur part of us, it begins to come up. And that's why that PLD program is so important. You're in an environment where you got to work with it now. And you got to look at what's the belief that become that you're actually realizing I'm not enough or I'm unworthy. And now we can bust that belief up and we bust that belief up and you'll no longer have the need to sabotage yourself. One of the things that we worry, we work with a lot in, um, in our advanced classes has to do with, we have a sort of a revenge process against our parents. We want to show them financially how bad we can be, or we want to show them financially how we want to, we want to somehow make them pay for us financially. And part of that belief system must be busted up before we can move on and actually have liberty with our money. It doesn't matter if you have tons of money, you have no money. I've had, I know people have lots of money and they have absolutely no liberty with their money. And I know people that have a lot of little, little to no money and they have no liberty with their money. And then I know both areas where they have, they have generated a liberty and a joy around that particular energy called money. Um, and so they broke through that and they stopped sabotaging themselves, you know, 
It's like I've watched it over and over where people inherit money or they'll generate money and they're embarrassed. They feel bad. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to spend it. They don't want to utilize it. And that's the saboteur proving that you're not enough. You don't deserve it. You should not have. The saboteur is a, it's a good person to have around because it's telling you you're, you're meeting a limit and it's time to break through that limit. It's always around a belief. We have a question here from BR. What's the best way to push through your limiting beliefs? The life success course. Um, the challenge, I, I say the life success course because in that environment, uh, we create an environment for planned transformation. See, your beliefs need to be, you need to go through a transformational process with them. Um, they need to be not busted up so much so then integrated and assimilated then elevated. And so that's what transformation does. And so at the Life Success Course, you're going through a transformational process. We have it on many different levels. Um, and one of those levels is with primary belief systems. And so if you've done the Life Success Course, you have a this is it and I'm satisfied CD, some sort of recording off of that. And that is the model of transformation that we, again, now we have the leadership, we use that model to bring transformation into our daily lives so that we're using each and everything that happens to us, we transform. See, as humans, we don't change. Uh, you can change your clothes, you can change uh, paper into coins, but humans, we don't change, we transform. We are, we are like, uh, we become something different than we were before. Um, and so part of the thing is that we think we're the same, but we're never the same. Um, that transformation, you know, it just jumped up in front of me, so I got to say something. Low self-esteem is one of the reasons we don't take criticism very well. Criticism is some of the, when people critique us or give us information on how we operate, they're telling us how we're operating under how they see us, which is, that's what coaching is all about. And so we should long for that, but when we don't long for that because we're afraid they're going to say things that we react to because we're still operating like a five, six-year-old and we're looking for our parents' approval and everybody now becomes the parent. And so when they become critical on us, we see them as a parent and they're not our parent. They're just giving us feedback on what took place, but we see them as our parent. We see almost everybody as our parent and we can't hear anything from the outside and hence we'll never grow through anything. And so self-esteem, start building up your self-esteem, your self-worth, and working from that particular area, and that'll help that criticism zone as well. So the best way is working with transformational model. Let's get back to the other question. The best way is to work with the transformational model, and I'm telling you, doing it on your own is a challenge. I'm not saying that anyone out there cannot do it on your own, but I'm telling you, It'll take years where literally classes assist you in doing in days what takes years. A day in a seminar is like a year, an emotional year. And so that's why things like outside work, life success course, the leadership classes, the basic, um, these kind of things are because they, they in, a, in, a, in four days, three days, seven days, nine days, Nine years, seven years of work gets done where you are not the same. You are not the same because of it. And so I can say you take it on your own. And I would say, uh, get clear, generate whatever it takes for you to get up to the ranch. So now that you've said that, I, I must say that there's a lot of questions that we received about our classes, uh, asking about how the Psy courses work, what's taught, you know, what's it all about. So if you could just take a couple minutes for the people listening in who haven't experienced the PSI classes and processes and transformations and break that down so that they have a taste for what to expect uh, when they do attend. Okay. Um, so we have three primary classes. They call them the trifecta because they, they, they connect with a, great, with a great deal level and then we have a thing um another like a journey type class uh and then pace center leadership dynamics these are our four or five classes that we offer i'll tell you about the three the other ones you'll hear about as you do those three the first one's called the basic it's a four-day training 
that takes place um, over a weekend, sorry, a three-day training that takes place over a weekend. And in that training, it's called awareness. It's making you become aware of some of the things that you do. It's like a lot of ahas take place. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I do that. And you go home and you tell people, my goodness, I can't believe I do this all the time. And they look at you like, I've been telling you that for years, but you couldn't hear it. And so you had to hear it or see it on your own. And so that's what this class is about, bringing awareness to the programs that you operate from. And those programs are um, habitual patterns that we use without even realizing that we're using them a lot of times. And they get a lot of work done a lot faster, uh, but some of them don't service or work very well. And so start looking at some of the programs that you work with and giving a chance to become aware of them and becoming aware of them now gives you a chance to do something different. Hence the life success course. Life success course is a transformational training. We transform as human beings. You don't change, as I told you earlier. Your, your dynamics, the static things change. Dynamic things must transform. That's why you have those transformers on the top of a building. That's why uh, um, butterflies become, they were once caterpillars, they transform into butterflies. That's a, a little bit of the process that you are going through. Your mind's transforming and you're experiencing like a breakthrough environment or a breakthrough scenario to where you look back and you say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I used to operate like that. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I used to think like that. You're not aware of the programming anymore. Now you're actually stepping through it and now looking back on it and saying, wow, now where can I go with my life? Hence our leadership classes. Our leadership classes is not, it's not about you becoming a leader of a country, uh, although you could do that. It's not about you becoming a better leader in your family, although it assists in that as well. The leadership classes are influencing others to positive action, starting with yourself. Who's leading you really? Is it you making choices and living a life by design? Or is it you reacting to your environment, living based off of fear of what may or could happen? Is it you doing what you think your parents want you to do, what you think society wants you to do? Who's really leading you? And if you are not leading yourself, you are not in a place of power. You are not in a place of excitement and you're not in a place of joy. You're just going through motions. And so the leadership class is designed for you to one, begin to become very aware in how you're leading yourself and very aware in how you're breaking that out and how you're leading others because of that. And then giving you some options on how to lead on a more dynamic or more or powerful or what we refer to as a elevated style, something more it suits you better as a human being. And then you work a lot with the transformational model to where now you can use this transformational model on a daily process. It wasn't something that happened at the life success course. It's something that you can make happen each and every day of your life. And so basic three days, and it happens within our cities around, uh, around the country. Um, the life success course, seven days, and it'll happen someplace other than in one of the cities, Juliana Ranch someplace. And then the life success, I mean, the, the leadership class, nine days, and some same thing held in a different environment, um, currently on the ranch in Northern California. So those are our big three. They're all powerful classes. It, everything starts with the PSI basic seminar. And if you haven't attended yet, you can learn more at psibasicseminar.com. So we do have a question here from DS. I'm working on a few huge goals. How can I have more time and effectiveness to achieve? What are some tips? Amp up your intention. The way you amp up your intention is what group of people do you have around you that know about this goal and that are holding you accountable for it? What emotional or financial energy are you putting into this goal? Uh, the more energy you put into it, the more you amp up your energy on it, and you will not let things distract you when it comes to getting it. Uh, solidifying how important is this goal to you? What is it going to mean? I do a lot of vision work. We're going to do with vision, some vision work later on in this month. In other words, how will you be a different person a year from now? five years from now because of this particular goal. And so when you pull these together 
and you're able to look them over, they put you in a different perspective and mindset that makes this goal something that truly you want to do versus something that you feel like you have to do. Moving from have to to want to is the biggest, it's one of the biggest factors I've ever noticed when it comes to goals. Once you want to do this, you'll figure out reasons why you want to do it. You'll spend more time on it or letters time on it. You'll do what's necessary to make it happen. And um, your energy will be dispersed as opposed to uh, being you know, lost. And so amp up your intention. So now that we're starting to wrap up here, do you have any takeaways for our listeners from the teaching tonight? Listen, your values, they can shift, so to speak. What was once a value, and for many of us, it really wasn't your value. It was your parents' value, or it's what you think you were supposed to believe in, or something that you're supposed to have. And so I'm just telling you, it's always good at the beginning of the year, get clear, four or five values, four or five max. I mean, some people get you know, three to five is what I say. And start getting clear, what are my values? And then what are the principles based on those values? If humor is important, what do you do to be humorous? If family is important, what are the principles of family? Family comes first. You'll see it come out of your mouth, you know. Um, and so you'll have principles around it. And then what are your beliefs around those particular principles? And then how those, how those all integrate and work together, you become more powerful. And now you'll start creating the magic because now your intention gets clear. You start drawing on the life force, the other, the power, and it brings up the remarkable, the magical, the unbelievable. And you start expecting that to happen on a daily basis. You start looking for that in your life. And when you start having those affirmations begin to happen, you will be even more engaged and more enjoyed in what's taking place. So start off with your values, make sure your goals are plugged into those values and get yourself clear about those values on a, on a daily basis. Uh, and then look for the, look for the evidence in your life. And there is no evidence. That means they're not your values. There's still somebody else's and you got to clear on your values. So might take some process of tossing a few out and bringing a few in, but find out what really lights you up and get yourself associated with that. I've been doing personal growth work for probably 40 years of my life in various places. I have had more hardship in this particular environment over the years than I ever expected to have. And yet I wouldn't trade a moment of it. That's how much I believe personal growth is. I have seen myself, I have seen people around me have completely different lives than they more than likely would have had had they'd stayed where they were. And so I believe you can tell this is a value of mine that's it's, it's solidified, it's hardcore, and that's what I operate from. And in the last two years, especially in the last year with the COVID thing, it's how do you make it happen in this particular environment? How do I make it happen in this particular environment? And so more challenges are being presented and yet um, I see them as things that we will overcome. That is something that you, you've got things like that inside of you. And so you gotta find out what they are. And then you start plugging things into it and you'll see, oh my gosh, this is easy. This was not meant to be hard. Make love because you have to. Make love because you want to. Which one's more fun? Being alive because you want to, not because you have to. I so appreciate having you on the podcast, teaching about intention. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. If you are getting value from our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the training. We appreciate you taking the time out hey, to listen in. Go out and live your best life. <laughs>